Sing it out. So we 
battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night oh God the battle belongs to you For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is a cross, God, you see. Hey, let's give that up for Josh Brown and the band. Isn't it good to have Josh back home with us today? You may be seated. He's doing an incredible job. And Josh, you have gained something since you were here the last time. You just want to want to make an introduction real quick, if that's if that's all right. It's not weight, if that's what you're talking about. <laughs> Depends on how you look at that, I guess. But uh, this is Hannah. Hannah is my fiance, and so. Uh, <laughs> And they are going to be getting married in the near future, so pray for Hannah. That's all we, we want to say. Hey, we want to welcome you. We want to thanks, say thank you to everybody that's in person, online, wherever you're at. Uh, we are thankful that you are gathering with us today, and we're looking forward to an incredible time together. Today, when you came in, I told you a little bit about it last Sunday. I told you that you're going to get some information about My Cause Circle. Well, today... You received it, and, and here it is. It's, it's really simple. We're kicking off an initiative uh, where we want everyone, everywhere, every way to know about the Jesus that we know about, and we want the opportunity to be able to share the gospel with him. So here's what we're encouraging you to do. You to do. If you're a Christ follower, we want you to be thinking of five people, five friends, five family members, whomever they might be, a coworker, somebody that lives down the street, somebody that maybe you know just a, a little bit, and we want to encourage you to write their name down and begin to pray for them and and we're going to talk a little bit more about that at the close of the service. So whether you're online or whether you're here in person, you're going to get to see a video as we wrap some things.
things up today that will explain this. If you're online, there will be a downloadable resource for you uh, on the website a little bit later this week. You're going to be able to, to download that. We're going to send out a notification that it's there. Uh, and we want to encourage you to be able to, to take this in and uh, be a part of what we're doing here uh, at Harmony and uh, do, be a part of what we're doing uh, to make a difference as we move together for the cause. You know, we all would like something more to live for. And here's the reality. The greatest opportunity that we have that we could ever live for uh, is, is Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter who we are. doesn't matter where we're at. Uh, it is an, an opportunity. He has given us a cause. And today, we just want to invite you to be a part of that. Well, as we come together today to worship, we're going to continue our series uh, entitled Remarkable. And we're just looking at the story of Gabriel. Mark has and share a message entitled Remarkable, the story of Jesus, but we're going to be looking at an authentic faith. And more than anything, I think that right now in our culture and in our world, people are looking for something that's genuine. They're looking for something that, that's real. Of, of all age groups, uh, no matter what background, whether it, it is people that uh, seem like they have a lot going on in life or people that are searching for something uh, to, to do, searching for what they need to be, uh, God is looking for something uh, that, that in us that will allow him uh, to grow that authentic faith. And I just want to encourage you today uh, to be thinking about that authentic faith that we all can possess. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we've got several prayer requests uh, today. Uh, so let's lift those up and just ask God to work in a special way today. Father, we come to you today, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And Lord, uh, today as we gather... I thank you that uh, Josh and, and Hannah are here uh, with us today, and I, I pray that as uh, Dave is away, you'll give him uh, a restful time uh, away, and I pray that you'll bless our gathering uh, here today. Renew us and, and strengthen us uh, as well. And Lord, as we uh, gather around your story from Mark chapter 7, and we learn about two people who had an incredible need, I just ask that you will make your word come alive in our life, and Lord, that you will bless in a special way. Now, Lord, I know there's a lot going on today. We have a life group leaders meeting immediately following the service, and, and Lord, I pray that you will uh, be with our life groups as we uh, begin to relaunch those uh, this semester. And God, I pray that you'll help uh, the study to go deep into our hearts and, and uh, make a, a difference in, in that aspect. Lord, for the man church, the, the life groups that are meeting within that, we ask that you would bless that as well. Lord, I know that there are people here that uh, have friends and family that they've lost this week. Lord, I think of Steve Holderfield and uh, his brother passing away uh, early last Saturday and, and then other struggles through, through this week with health and, and, and that family. Lord, I pray that you'll be with them and, and work in their life. But Father, most of all today, we ask that you meet the deepest need that's represented in each and every heart and life. And Lord, if there's a need in, in our life um, that you can meet, we ask you to meet it today, for it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Go and stand with us. We'll continue to worship this morning. I count on one thing, the same God that never fails will not fail me. Nothing can stand against, and I choose to. 
together today, God. We pray that more than anything, that you're honored. when I was uh, in that high school uh, season of life, there, there would be a, a few things that would happen occasionally. And one of the things that would happen occasionally is uh, some guys that like to collect baseball cards, some, some guys that like to collect uh, autographed baseballs would, would get together. And uh, my high school coach was, was one of those. And, and I remember I, I had a, a Willie Mays card and, and I took it in one day and uh, he said, how do I know that's real? And I said, well, I mean, why would you think I'm trying to sell you a fake card? He said, that's not what I asked. He said, how do I know that's real? You, you said it's the autograph, it's the, the, the signature. How do I know that that's real? How, how do I know that that's what, what it really is? And, and I said, well, coach, don't you know that this year, I mean, that, this is his card and it came with, with his signature already on it? He said, I want to know how it's real. I said, coach, I, I don't understand exactly what you're saying. He said, well, you know what? I'm not buying what you have until I know it's real. I said, well, I guess you're not buying what I have because it's real. And I just showed you it was real through this little trading card catalog and all of the other things. And he said, well, can I take it home and compare it to the one that I already have? I said, well, how do I know you're not going to bring a fake one back to me, right? I thought, if you're going to harass me, I'm just going to go ahead and harass you. And uh, Coach Reeves was a very intimidating figure at that point in my life. He was a, a, a rather large man, and he, he thrived on intimidating someone. And if he thought he intimidated you, then he just would continue to do it. That moment, he just smiled and kind of walked away and said, keep your card. I don't need it. I know it's real. Well, not long ago, there was somebody in my office. And they were looking at a, at a baseball. And, and this baseball is, is autographed by Bobby Richardson, the you know, New York Yankee Bobby Richardson, second baseman, Hall of Fame, MVP, 66, 67 World Series. And they said, how did you run across something like that? I said, well, he was the baseball coach at Liberty University. And uh, he, he was there a few years before uh, I got there. And, and when Mississippi Builders came, to, to do a project, we had all of this conversation, and they went back, and, and Bobby Richardson's son, Steve, is, is their pastor, so Bobby Richardson just sent a couple of autographed baseballs up here, and now it sits in, in, in this little thing with just a little note that he was praying for us and, and, and those kind of, uh, of things. And, and here's the, the question they asked. They said, well, how do you know that that is real? I said, you know, the best way you know that, that is real is to understand that I wouldn't sign up myself for his name. And other people probably don't do that for me either. I said, but you know, here's, here's the greatest thing you can know it's real. You go and you find the lives, and, and they look at other people, and they look to other people, and they wonder what's going on in their life. And at some point in time, they're, they're wondering, is that authentic? Is it real? You see, the, the reality is this. I, I'm really not here this morning to talk about baseball cards. I'm really not here to talk about uh, a, a baseball that's autographed by an MVP Hall of Famer. Uh, if you want to make a good offer, I may go ahead and sell it to you because I've got another one, right? I mean, I, I'm not going to give away the only real one I have, okay? But here, here's the reality. I'm not here to, to talk about those things, but what I, I do want to do is I want to talk with you for a few moments about a genuine faith, about a real faith. You see, as we've journeyed through the story of Jesus, as we've taken a look at this series called Remarkable, and we're looking at the story of Jesus, one of the things that we're discovering over and over and over is people left the presence of Jesus, and they said, we've never seen anything like it. He has something that we need and something we've not seen in other people that claim 
to follow God. This guy comes, he he walks through life, and, and undoubtedly there is something authentic, something genuine about him. And here's a truth that I want us to remember today. I believe that our culture is filled with people that are looking for people that have an authentic faith. Not a convenient faith, not a faith that they can come out and, and, and pass off on somebody when, when they, they need to, to go ahead and, and do that. Not something that works for their benefit, but something that people can look at and line it up with the original. Line it up with something that they know is authentic and say, wow, this is what authentic faith really looks like. You see, when I begin to compare my life with somebody else's life, I can go ahead and say, man, you know what? Compared to them, I'm pretty authentic. And I think, honestly, a lot of us have a tendency to do that. We look at somebody else's life, and and, and we pick some, some situations that might make us look a little more authentic, right? I mean, we never compare ourselves to something that we know is the real deal when we're concerned about being the real deal ourselves. Here's what we do. We, we begin to compare ourselves to someone or something that looks kind of authentic, that, that has the, the words of being authentic, but then we, we say, well, you know, compared to them, I'm, I'm really, really authentic. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of climbing that ladder. Well, today we're going to open up and we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 7. And and here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at two stories in Mark chapter 7 of people that had an authentic faith in the presence of Jesus. People whose faith was encouraged and challenged and and confronted in the presence of Jesus. And here's what we're going to discover. We're going to discover some characteristics that we can take with our life when we leave this place in just a few moments today. You see, people are looking for something authentic. That neighbor that, that sees you leave and go to church... That, that, that co-worker that hears you occasionally mention something about God or mention something about a, a Bible study that you're a part of, that, that person that you interact with occasionally that says, you, you know, there's something going on in my life, and, and you say, hey, I'll put you on the prayer list at, at church. Th- those people that you interact with, do you know what they're looking for? They're looking for someone that is truly authentic. Not someone that always has all the answers, Not someone that's mistake-free, but someone that is authentic. Let's take a look. Mark chapter 7, verse number 24. I would encourage you to long or or something to have seven. It says this. He arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. He entered a house and wanted no one, but he could never. Let the children be filled first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. How would that make you feel? I mean, we, we worry about influencing friends and, and, and kind of gaining people that, that might like us, right? I, I, I'm not certain that that's the conversation that, that would really cause somebody to want more of, of what you have if it's a first meeting and a first impression. He says, look, you're asking something from, from me, and don't you know that we're, we're going to go ahead and let the, the little children be filled, and then we'll give some to the dogs. Speaking of her ethnicity and, and the way that, that the Jews viewed the Gentiles at, at that point in, in time, and, and, and he's going to cross a barrier in just a little bit, that, that's absolutely amazing. But, but the point is, is not necessarily her ethnicity or that Jesus refers to her in this setting as a little dog, that the point is her faith. And and we'll get to that in in just a moment. It says, and she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone and her daughter lying on the bed. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and inside, and he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. Did you just touch him? Could you just read out and make a, a difference? And put aside from the multitude, and put his fingers in his ears, he spat and touched his tongue. 
this week, not only change this man, but change the entire region around. It says, then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephata, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. What an incredible thing they said about Jesus. They looked at him and said, wow, we, we can't find any fault in, in who he is because he's authentic. He's just done something that, that only an authentic individual from God could, could have, have done. He's just done something that, that sets himself apart and, and makes him of such tremendous value. And, and it wasn't just all of the actions. It was the way he did it and the way he demonstrated and embraced faith himself. So as we begin to look at the story of a and we look at the story of a man who can't hear and speak, and begin to bring those two together, and we look at him through the lens of the story of Jesus, and just begin to figure some things for an eye that brings tremendous inside, had an unclean spirit, heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. You see, one of the first things that we do when we have an authentic faith is we respond. And if I, if I look at the story that unfolds surrounding Jesus in these two moments, one of the things that I, that I discover is authentic faith responds. The, the first thing it, it does is she hears. Do you know that the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by, by what? The, the word of God. When she had heard that the word was, was near, when she had heard that Jesus was, was close by, the one who could do all things, here's, here's what happens in her life. She begins to respond. She begins to, to take some steps to Jesus. When she heard the voice of Jesus, when she heard that Jesus was nearby, what did she do? She responded. You see, authentic faith responds. Can, can I tell you something? She didn't respond to a felt need. She didn't respond to, to someone else saying, look, this is what you need to do. She responded to the presence of Jesus. The moment that she heard that Jesus was available, she said, you know what? There's so many things that have, have been shared about who this guy is. There's so many things that have been taking place, so many things that are unusual, so many things that are, that are literally unbelievable, but we've seen them unfold whenever he shows up. She said, look, this is where I want to be. I want to be where he is. My question this morning is this, what are you responding to? You see, she responded to Jesus. Sometimes we respond to emotion. Sometimes we respond to a feeling. Sometimes we, we respond to a, a lot of things taking place around us. Yet when we look at the life of this ordinary woman, this lady that, that goes unnamed through Scripture, one of the things that sets her apart, one of the things that we know about an authentic faith that flows from her life is this, an authentic faith response. Here's what she does. She hears, so then she goes into action, right? She comes directly to Jesus. And then the Bible says this. She fell at his feet. She heard, she came, she fell. You see, sometimes our faith struggles to, to be authentic, maybe because we hear Jesus, we know we should come to him, but there's something else that gets our attention. And, and to fall at his feet, to be totally dependent upon him, maybe it's because sometimes we think we can still figure some things out. Maybe it's because we haven't exhausted all of our resources. We're, we're still kind of dependent upon what we think we can do and what we think we can figure out and how we can handle a situation. That this woman says, look, you want to see real faith in action? Here's what real faith in action is. It's not perfection. It's not having every answer. Here it is. It's, you know what? Jesus is close by and Jesus is the only one that can take care of the need in my life. He's the one that I need to get to. So he's the one that I'm going to go to. And here's what I'm going to do when I get there. I'm going to fall at his feet. Authentic faith, what's it look like? It moves. It falls. 
But I want to tell you something else. It stays. It stays. How many, how many of us would have gotten up when you fall at Jesus' feet and Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. I think when we, when we look at a story of authentic faith, it, it not only responds, but an authentic faith stays. Babe Ruth said this. He said, you can't beat someone that just won't give up. And here's a, a woman that, that has a, a need in her life that's present in her little girl's life and no one can take care of it. And she responds by faith because she believes that Jesus not only has the answer, but is the answer. And she says, I've got to get to him. She brings herself. So she hears, she moves, she falls, and then she stays even after Jesus said, look, what I'm doing here, eh, it's a little more valuable than you. It's not good to, to let the crumbs fall to, to the dogs. We're going to take care of the children first. We're going to exhaust every need possible. And then if there's any left over, you might be able to get in on it. And authentic faith stays. It perseveres. It puts up with some difficult times. It, it's willing to see through the struggle. You see, we, we live in a culture and we live in a time where we can get most of what we want when we want it and how we want it. And unfortunately, that bleeds through into our spiritual relationship with Jesus. And the moment that life gets a little bit tough, the moment that, that we need something from God and we go to him and it doesn't happen just like that, we, we get upset. And we say, man, he, he called me a dog or he's not moved fast enough. I'm not certain that that's how I want to live. That's, that's not what I want to give my life to. I'm, I'm going to try something else. Let's just have a moment of transparency. You don't have to, to raise your hand, but has anybody ever been in a situation where, where you needed to trust God and you trusted God until you got tired of waiting? And when you got tired of waiting, you started trusting something else or someone else. We've, we've all been there. And, and how does that work out for us? Most of the time, it doesn't work out real well. And we look at this woman that's unnamed, and she gives us a picture of authentic faith. She doesn't give us a, a picture of perfection. In fact, she gives us a picture of total dependence. She gives us a picture that, that society would say, look, something's wrong with her, and she's not enough because she let Jesus go ahead and take care of everything else before her. Yet Jesus gives us a picture of what authentic faith is really all about. And she stays right there. Some of you today have a need in your life. Maybe you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, but you know you need to. And you've heard, you've responded, you're having a hard time falling at his feet and being totally dependent upon him. And can I tell you something? He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one that can forgive you. He's the only one that can make that difference in your life. So I just want to encourage you would, you. would you stay at his feet? Would you fall at his feet? Would you stay right there? Would you trust him? Would you put your faith in him? Because that's what authentic faith does. It hears a truth that Jesus loves us and, and, and he gave his life for us. And not only did he give his life, he took his life back up again in the resurrection, right? He, he dies on the cross, he's buried, he rises again, and he did it. Not just to prove that he was God, but to, to secure your salvation. To give you a reason that you can stay at his feet and trust him totally and completely. You see, sometimes we have trouble getting to his feet because we don't want to get over ourselves for for salvation. We hate to say I'm wrong. We, we hate to say my life's not perfect, even though we know it. But she had no problem coming and saying, look, I'm completely dependent upon you, Jesus. Completely dependent upon you. And she threw herself at his feet and she stayed there. Which tells us something else about an authentic faith. And it's this, it's real simple. Authentic faith agrees what was her response? 
Verse number 28. Jesus had just said, let the little children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And her response is this. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know what? You're right. I'm not much, but I need your help. Lord, you're right. I, I agree with, with what you just said about me. And, and you're right. But God, I'm not going away. I'm just going to stay right here. She said, yes, Lord. What does it mean when she says, yes, Lord? It was a position of total humility, a position of total agreement about what Jesus had just said about her, but it was also a total agreement about how God sees things and the issues and circumstances of life. And isn't it amazing? We can agree with God and his word a lot of times when it works out in our benefit. We can agree with God and his word in many situations when, when it points to, to our goodness. But sometimes when God and his word begin to reveal some things that we need to correct, some things that we need to make right, some things that maybe we need to remove. Sometimes it gets personal, it gets deep, it gets a little close, and we have trouble responding to some of those. We, we look at, at this woman that's nameless, and she just says, yes, Lord. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could just agree with Jesus about our, our sin problem, if we could just agree with Jesus about our struggles the problems that, that we want to, to label, the, the problems that we might want to look at and say, well, you know what, this is what's going on in, in, in their life. And, and, you know, I know this is what the Bible says, and, and it lines up exactly with them, but, but my life's a little different. You don't know where I'm coming from. You, you don't know what, what I'm, I'm dealing with. You don't know how hard that's going to be on me if, if I try and do what, what God says. I know I should agree, but, but really, I'm just not quite there yet. You know what? An authentic faith says, I'm just going to take God at his word and I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. And she agreed with God and she just stayed right there. Did you know what Jesus did? Jesus said, look, we're going to take care of the other little ones and then we'll get to you. And she didn't say, I have to go first. I have to have it now. She said, okay, God, I'll agree with you. And I'll agree with who you are, and I'll agree with what you can do. And because I agree with it, I'm going to wait on your timing. We're going to get to this in just a moment. But you know what I, what I think? I, I think instead of desiring more from God, she desired more of him. Yes, she needed a healing. Yes, her daughter was in jeopardy and had a struggle that only Jesus could take care of. But right there in that moment, she said, look, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with what you just said. I'm going to agree with the things that I've seen and heard from you. She agreed with the Lord. She agreed about her need. So she stayed in that position of humility and total need before God. Let, let me ask you something. Do you agree with God about what his word says about you, about the, the struggles that, that you're in, encountering? Maybe we, we should phrase it this way. What do I need to agree with God on? You begin to, to think about it in a very practical standpoint. We, we've, we've got... Billions of people in the world and five billion don't know Jesus and three billion don't have access to, to the gospel. We look in our community and, and we say, okay, there's 170,000 people in our county and, and, and about 20% go to church, which, which means that there's like 134,000 that don't go. And we agree that the Bible is the, the word of God and we agree that, that, that heaven and hell are real, yet our actions don't say we agree because we don't tell anybody in that group, that 140,000 people that need to know Jesus, we, we just kind of let them go. This lady, I agree. There's no about authentic that comes through and, and it goes on the bed. Genuine, authentic faith 
looks like somebody that responds and is willing to do what the, the Lord says, to agree, to stay, whatever it, it might take. But when we look at verse number 31, it says Jesus is departing from the region. He comes through the midst of the region of Decapolis and the Sea of Galilee, a, a gathering of cities there. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. You see, not only does authentic faith respond and agree, but an authentic faith desires. You see, the, the woman at the table desired more of Jesus. The friends of this gentleman that brought him desired more of Jesus. And Jesus pulls him aside and says, look, you want more of me? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and give more. He says, here's, here's what I'm going to do. He took him aside and he touched him. They said, if you would just touch him, you could make him whole. If you could just do something so simple, you could be the difference maker in his life. So Jesus pulls him aside. He touches his ear. He touches his tongue. And the Bible says, then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephata, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. You see, I think authentic faith desires more, more of God in our life, more of God's involvement. Do, do you notice that, that Jesus looks up to heaven and says, God, so that they know who I am and who you are, I want you to be a part of what's taking place here. Jesus is the son of God. Yet over and over and over in his life, Jesus desires more of God to be present in his life, be present among the people that are there. And what would happen if we finally came to a point where we truly desired more of God, just more from God? If we faith in your heart and your life right now that says, wow, I want to I be more of what God wants me to be. I, I desire more of God in my life. I want to be that disciple maker that he's called me to be. I want to take a step a little closer to becoming more like him. I want to have more of him in my life. They said, Jesus, if you could just touch him. And they, they begged him. Why? Because they knew he was authentic. When people begin to see an authentic faith in our life, I promise you, here's what they're going to do in a moment of crisis. They're going to say, look, I need what you have. They may not phrase it that way, but, but they're going to say, I, I need what you have. And the reason that we need to desire more of God is not just for our benefit. It's, it's going to be for the benefit of others. And, and I just want to look at, at this last thought process this morning with, with this. An authentic faith overflows. You see, when we take a look at authentic faith, and, and, and what it is, we know that an authentic faith responds, an authentic faith is going to agree right? Not with our best friend, but with God and who he says that we are, what we need at that moment, what's best for us, how we're to live our life. Then we know that that authentic faith not only is going to have an opportunity to grow in our life as we desire it, but we're going to see that an authentic faith overflows. What does that mean? In verse number 36, it says this, then he commanded them that they should tell no one but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. I, I don't know what to do with that verse. Jesus told them to do one thing and they did another. There's the, the question of, is that genuine obedience? And, and, and I think that probably Jesus was looking at him and going, okay, I'm not going to pass out my card, but here's how the card's going to get passed out. Don't tell anybody. Because he knew the first thing they would do is go and tell, right? 
That, that's, that's what's going on. And, and, and that's the way it reads as, as we go through it. It says this, and they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. Authentic faith overflows. What does that mean? They could not keep it to themselves. You see, when we have a genuine faith, when we have a faith that's real beyond measure, do you know what we want to do? We want to give it to others. We want to give it to others. We want others to have what we have. I love Acts chapter 4, verse number 20. Peter and John just said this. They were told not to tell anybody about Jesus, but here's what they said. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In Mark chapter 7, we've looked at two stories, two needs, but there's one Jesus. Two stories, two needs, one Jesus. He meets the need in both situations. In fact, we're going to find out that he meets the need no matter what the need is, that Jesus is the answer. So when we're willing to respond by faith to his word, to, to, to who he is, his, his word begins to change our life. And today I would just ask you simply, do you have an authentic faith? Do you know Jesus? Have you become a follower of his? If you've become a follower of his, are you willing to, to come and stay at his feet and to stay there and let him begin to define you and build you and grow you into that person that, that he wants to be? Because he has more for all of us. The question is this, will we have that authentic faith that responds to him and be willing to agree and desire more of him so that we would have a faith that overflows. It's amazing, a mom's faith where she stayed impacted her daughter. A friend's faith, as they brought the one to Jesus and begged Jesus to touch, not only changed his life, but it changed the lives of people around him. It did that in that day, and it'll do that in our day. So let me ask you, do you have that authentic faith. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Today, if you don't know Jesus and you're not 100% certain about that, then here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for you right here, right now, to just say this little prayer that comes from your heart right to the heart of God just a prayer that says, dear Jesus, the best I know how, I am asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. If you'll do that right here, right now, he'll save you. A prayer that just simply says, dear Jesus, would you please forgive me of my sins? Would you please be my savior and help me to learn more about you. If that's your desire, pray it right to the Lord right now. Just pray it from your heart, quietly in your mind, but mean it. If you've done that, let us know. If you're watching online, let, let us know. If you're here in person, let us know. You can do that through our app. You can do that through the connection card. Maybe you're here today and you say, John, I already know Christ is my Savior, but honestly, here's, here's what I know. I know that I'm saved, but I know that my faith needs to be a little more authentic. I know that I need to, to come and stay at Jesus' feet just a little bit more. I know that I need to, to hear from him and be willing to agree with him. Maybe you would just say, I need to desire more of him. I need to take a next step in, in my faith. Today, maybe you would say, I want that faith that overflows. Whatever, whatever the need might be, just lift your prayer right now to the heart of God as I take a moment and pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done. Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do. Lord, today as we come to you, we just ask you 
If there's one that doesn't know you as Savior, that, Father, they will come to know you as Savior. That right now they'll just offer up a simple prayer that says, I'm a sinner, Jesus, and I need a Savior, and I'm asking you to forgive me and save me. Lord, for those that are offering up their prayer, that they would be more, that they would become more. Father, that their faith would be authentic, that it would be real, that we would begin to line our life up next to the authentic one, Jesus, and begin to ask if our life looks and reflects what his life looked like and reflects. Father, help us to know and be authentic in that way for your cause. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Well, today I want to thank you for gathering with us. I want to thank you for spending time with us. I want to have hear from a guest today. But before I just take a just entitled My Cause Circle. I want to invite you to join a prayer effort. It says together for the cause. And we need to know that Jesus has given us the greatest cause ever. And we have a chance to be a part of it. So I want to ask you to turn your attention to the video. Take a look at it. And I'm going to come back up and just... A moment. Jesus said, just as the Jesus Father, said, just as the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending us the good news of the gospel to a lost and broken world. This is the cause Jesus has called to. The one more challenge is that though I have good intentions sharing this good news with our friends, we oftentimes don't even start. So here's a simple idea to help you be more purposeful about sharing Jesus. It's called the cause circle, and it's built around three simple priorities. When we start by praying for those who are seeking to reach, it prepares their heart for the good news of Jesus. But Jesus didn't stop with her. He also cared for people's needs. Gospels are full of examples of Jesus healing the sick, feeding the hungry, and helping the hurting. He wasn't just concerned about their spiritual needs. He cared about their physical, emotional, and relational needs, too. He cared for the whole person, not just their souls. In the same way, we must seek to love our unreached friends by listening to them and caring for them. They are not projects, but people. We, like Jesus, must lovingly care for those we seek to reach. And finally, after prayer and care, we must share the gospel message out loud with words. We must lovingly, clearly, and confidently share Jesus' message of grace. And when we invite them to put their faith in Christ, we are inviting them to accept the best gift on the planet, a restored relationship with God. If they say no or not now, we continue with prayer, care, and share. If they say yes to Jesus, we celebrate. And then we help them plug into a good church, grow deeper in their faith, and begin their cause circle of prayer, care, and share with their friends. The Cause Circle gives you a simple way to reach those you know in a thoughtful, caring, and intentional way. Start using this model to help you reach your friends. You'll be surprised at how it will help you follow Jesus' example of prayer, care, and share as you share your faith. As we move into the months ahead, all across uh, every age group within the church, uh, we're going to be focusing on my cause circle. Our children are going to get a cause circle. We're going to get cause circles here. We're going to talk about them in life groups and, and just pray. In fact, I want to invite you to come out this Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're going to a prayer service. You can pray from your home. But the Bible says two or three are gathered uh, in his knees. There's miss. So if you're going to pray from home uh, this evening, you can do that. I'm inviting you uh, to come. So today, it starts with that cause circle. Five names. Maybe you would say, I don't know five people. That, that are lost, five people that need to know Jesus, then here's what I would tell you. You need to get a cause circle of people that are lost. And a great way to do this is, is just take out your phone, pull up some text messages and start looking through them. Look, look at, at your uh, flow of calls as they've come in and out. Do you know five people that need to know Jesus? Begin to, to pray for them. You already have a relationship with them. They're already in your phone. You already got their contact information. It's, it's already right there. Perfect, incredible opportunity for you to, to begin to go ahead and pray for them. And, and I believe it'll make a, a difference in our life. I'm going to ask Fernando Bassler to, to come on up. Uh, Fernando is a missionary to Ecuador. Uh, he Thank is, you for being uh, a part of Harmony at Home and uh, allowing and us to share hope in, with uh, you. Uh, you know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. 
Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I wanna encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, you're a part of our Harmony online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.